Damon and Carrie, in the garb of t-shirts and jeans, the normal 1980s attire, sat in a pizza parlor as a waiter brought out their large pie. He smiled to them and refilled their drinks afterwards. When he was finished, Damon made sure that they were gone before they spoke too freely. So, you mean to tell me that they don't have pizza in your world? Damon said softly as he lifted a slice from the pan and put it on his plate. Carrie smirked as she did the same. Remember, the British Empire took most of the American world. The biggest delicacy in my time in reality was the Halsbury Steaks. <laughs> we used to have those for TV dinners all the time. Jess hated it. Uh, who is Jess? Oh, she's my sister. Did you have any sibs? Sibs? That's a strange word. I'm not sure. You know, siblings. Damon took a bite of his hot pizza. Carrie took a bite as well and savored it. She shook her head. This is really good. As for siblings, no, I was a foster child in the Queen City systems. You never knew your parents? I never knew my father. The agency said that he had died while in the Great Empire's War. What was that? It was akin to your World War II, only difference that instead of smaller countries and territories going at it, it was between the British-French coalition and German empires. What about your mother? I remember my mother vaguely. She died before I turned four. She was always sad. I wasn't entirely sure why. Maybe she knew that you would have... Exceptional qualities? Um, a curvy figure, ravishing brown hair. <laughs> you need to be more specific. Damon smirked as she was dead right on all of those, but not what he was originally referring to. You know, your mental capability. Oh, well then, maybe. You're looking into my mind and patronizing me again, aren't you? <laughs> I'm doing nothing of the sort. Well, just a little. 
Playful is all. They both smiled at one another, as if the world around them didn't exist. As if their job wasn't what it was, the world was perfect and normal, and they were two very normal people enjoying pizza together, happily. The thought was intoxicating for both of them, which is why their smiles faded at the exact same time, and the moment didn't linger too long. So you lived most of your life in the foster system? Mm, indeed. If that wasn't the kicker in my life, now try to imagine ESP ability flaring up at the tender age of 10, and not knowing why you can sense the thoughts of others and move things with your mind. How were you able to keep your powers hidden for so long? You definitely weren't 10 years old when I rescued you. Assisted in rescuing me? A lot of that I helped with, remember? Damon pulled another slice from the pie. What a hell of a mission we had, right? I can't believe those documents we gave to Anya were actual battle tactics to save Ireland from the invasion. They view that little girl as, quote, the girl who saved Ireland, end quote. They made a ton of movies about the situation in that world. It stalled the Germans long enough for the United States to bolster their defense. Even though the Allies lost, it secured the borders of the resistance against the Third Reich from another war. So, what are we here for? Dinner? Nah, I mean, it's been a while since Rafferty has contacted us. Uh, Damon, I think I understand why he's not constantly down our throats. We're not infinite creatures. We need to adapt and take in our surroundings. We need to get used to the fact that we're basically cosmic janitors. <laughs> we were supposed to be a legion of protectors, not janitors. Now they're all gone. My wonder is if we're going to be asked to assist in the recruiting process of new watchmen. Or will there only be two of us? Damon couldn't answer that question. For the moment, I suggest we take the quiet times as what they are. Blessings and respite from the chaos of our new existence. Sometimes you speak so poetically. Is this on purpose to impress me? I will have you know, Missy, that I am... A hopeless but morose romantic who loves to use the English language to convey your gothic, independent lifestyle in order to truly convey what your heart is really telling. Damon was thunderstruck by this realization. Carrie didn't realize she might have hit a nerve. Oh, I am so sorry, Damon. Have I hurt your feelings? No, not at all. On the contrary, you clarified a lot. It's just now that I have come to realize certain things, like I won't ever graduate from school, I won't ever attend college, and whatever plans I had made for my life, they've been swept away in a cyclone of shit. No, not true at all. It doesn't mean you can't never go to college or learn all of those things that you wanted to experience them. You just won't have a piece of paper accompanying them with your name on them. You can do anything your heart desires, Damon. Her words hung over him, but he remained silent. She continued, deciding to change the subject. So, what is the significance of this world? What's so different from the one you're used to? Not much difference, really, other than a football team never left a city. Uh, football? The Baltimore Colts never left Baltimore. Other than that... This world is almost identical to my own. <laughs> You're going to think badly of me, but what is football? Oh, your version of football in America is called something else. It's called soccer. Again, you're not answering my question. What is football? 
What? You mean that you didn't even have football or soccer in your world? Damon, I was raised in a theocratic, monarchical society. If it didn't mesh up with the ideas of the Anglican Church, then it was frowned upon. If it went against everything I believed, well... They killed it. Like they almost did you. Precisely, my dear. Carrie scarfed down another slice of pizza. My dear? I like that. When did I get that designation? An alert came over both communication screens. Damon looked down at the screen and the people around him. He looked at Carrie. I'm going to use the bathroom. Nature calls. Carrie knew the code and nodded to him. Damon walked into the bathroom and made sure no one was there. The communication screen appeared on his wrist. Watchman Holloway here. Rafferty's voice came over the screen. Watchman Holloway, how are you holding up? Exploring minor worlds and reality, nothing too dangerous. We made sure to fit in as much as possible. We have a new mission for you and Watchman White. Please return back to the Nexus Attorney. Understood. We'll be back shortly. The screen disappeared as a person walked into the bathroom. Damon mimicked finishing up washing his hands and walked out. Sometime later in the Nexus Eternal, Carrie and Damon waited for Rafferty to brief them. I'm getting tired of keeping my eyes closed. Where is he? Damon reached out for her shoulder. Must be something really bad if it's taken him this long. Rafferty walked into the eerie light of the lamppost. This time, he was in the guise of Johnny Carson. Here's Johnny! Once again, I am not actually Johnny Carson. But I love the fanfare you give me every time I take a new form. What's going on, Rafferty? Activity of the Defiling Horde has been cited in another crucial area of importance. We need you to investigate and possibly eliminate Defilers. What do these things look like? They look like everyone else. They are masked with the power of illusion, but your suit will allow you to detect them. Where are we going? The moon. Huh? You are going to the future. The year... 2,563 in the prime timeline. There is an Earth colony there called Terra Selene. Why would they be on a space station in the future? There is a possibility that they will be trying to do something there or get something there to affect the past. Maybe even to create a sandwich effect to destroy our timeline. Be on your guard, as Bismarck might be there as well. If he is, we'll find him. You are not strong enough to fight him yet. If he is there, Try to ruin his plans without having the need to contact him much. Carrie opened her eyes and both her and Damon walked to the lamppost as both touched the lamp and closed their eyes. I found our timeline, but I'm struggling to find a place to set the lamppost down. We might have to set down at an hour where there's no people around, or at least a slight few. Damon was amazed at the bustling life in the station city. Okay. Set us in at 3 a.m. in the far end of the promenade. The lamppost emerged into the Terra Selene promenade as the blue light of the lamppost merged with the light coming from the sun in space. Damon's eyes widened. Oh, wow. Carrie opened her eyes and was immediately disappointed. What the? It's trashed. The station was a dichotomy of sights. Above the horizon and buildings was the beautiful expanse of space. The stars and sun shone in the distance, and as a contrast, the Earth replaced the moon in his mind. The Earth from this vantage point, however, seemed to be off, as there was a haze around it. He looked closer to see that the planet had a ring of condensed satellites around it. The planet itself was less green and more drab than the pictures Damon saw in Earth science class back in high school. 
In this way, this explained the pathetic scene in front of them, as the station of Terra Selene was nothing more than a garbage dump in space. Damon thought that the station resembled Cincinnati after a particularly bad rainstorm. The humidity in the station gave a sheen of moisture on the streets of the promenade. This? This is our future? What the hell is this? I, I, I don't know. Are you sure this is the future of your world? Damon picked up some trash that was on the cement and threw it in an overflowing trash can nearby. Damn it, Carrie! I have no idea! But, but... You're disgusted. The sound of a weapon powering up from behind them alerted them out of their hasty exploration. Reach for the skies. Give me your credits. Without warning, Damon hauled off and decked the guy in the face, grabbing the phaser he dropped from his hands. No! You're gonna give us some answers. Well, that's one way to botch a robbery. Hey, man, don't kill me. I I'll tell you anything you want to know. What the hell happened? Damon pointed the pistol-looking device at the man. Well, my mom and dad weren't necessarily... I mean about the Earth, dipshit! What happened to the Earth? The robber looked confused at first, and then it was like a waste of time. You mean Terra Prime? That place has been a dump for 200 years. Most people wouldn't be caught dead going there now. Damon, we'll find out later. Let the fellow go. Damon grabbed the guy by his collar and lifted him to his feet. Get out of here. The robber shuffled to his feet and ran away. Damon looked at the gun in his hands and tossed it to the ground. Well, the only plus was that dude wasn't a defiler. The bad news is that he wasn't a defiler. There's going to be worse here. Come on. Once they got away from the confines of the lamppost, their clothing morphed to meld better into their surroundings. Rags, drab ponchos, and hoods over their heads were the latest fashion in Terra Selene. For 3 a.m., the streets were remarkably alive with people. Does no one sleep around here? Without a true day and night, I'm sure this is a 24-hour process. The closer they got to the center of the promenade, the sensors on their suits began to go off wildly. What the? They're here, and there are a lot of them. Well now, it makes some sense, but I'm not getting a good feeling from this. In fact, I'm kind of confused. Carrie replied as she hid herself in a corner looking toward the center of the promenade. What do you mean? You mean that these defilers are the reason why our planet is what it is? I am sensing something strange with them, as if they... Uh, never mind. I mean that sometimes decay, evil, and treachery serve as a magnet to forces that agree with those things. They may not have made your world a decayed hull of its former glory, but it didn't help it either. Both suits apparently found the readings less than pleasurable because both of them activated lethal force. Permission for lethal force granted. Massive guns, all based on the firepower of the minds of the wielders, materialized in their hands as the light bathed over their suits. Well, I guess this was Rafferty's way of getting target practice in. Damon quipped as he and Carrie stepped out from behind the corner. There didn't appear to be any normal human beings out. It was as if the defilers could sense them as they turned toward them showing their true natures. They were humanoid with tortured flesh and bird-like features. Holy shit, we need to get out of here. Fire! Carrie and Damon unleashed a massive barrage of bullets that seemed to replenish themselves almost instantly, tearing and searing into the flesh of the defilers gathered in the promenade.
some of the people awoke from their slumber and looked out of their windows to see the carnage of the slaughtered things that they thought were people strewn on the floor of the promenade. Halfway through the onslaught, Carrie stopped as she heard a sound she didn't anticipate. An alarm went off after Damon finished. A computerized voice came over a loudspeaker. Code breach to Terracillium Perimeter Detected. Code blue protocol activated. What did you do? What do you mean, what did I do? What did you do? Both ran back toward the lamppost as several security agents and residents were investigating the hull breach. When they finally got back to their lamppost, standing in front of it clapping was Roderick von Bismarck. Pretty good. Pretty good. I'm thoroughly impressed. I didn't think the powers that be had it in them to recruit world-ending assassins. But here we are. Excellent work. You did my work for me. Spill it, Roddy. What the hell are you talking about? Bismarck's smile vanished from his face. Let me make this perfectly clear, Damon Holloway. You address me properly, and I will do so in kind. Is that understood? We are not friends. No shit, Sherlock. Uh, did I get that euphemism correct? Damn straight. Ah, the two are rubbing off each other. It will be more fulfilling when you're bleeding and crying in a grassy field years from now. As for what you just did, your little extermination ceremony just cost the lives of all the normal people of the station. Normal? Oh, because of the shoddy upkeep and urban decay, those shuttles are useless now. Within the next 10 minutes, the hull of the Terra Salide will crack beyond repair and the atmosphere pressure will explode this dome like an atom bomb. The vacuum of space will destroy this element, killing 250,000 people along with the souls you've already destroyed. Souls? Damon, he's right. He's not lying. My god, what have we done? Looking into my thoughts, Fraulein? Be careful that you don't dig too deep. You might get a realization that things aren't what they seem. Bismarck shouted as the sound of escaping air began to permeate through the crackling dome. Bismarck pulled out his pocket watch and disappeared. Ach, Venusin! Damon ran to the lamppost and Carrie followed, a look of confusion on her face as they both phased back into the Nexus Eternal. And now a word from our sponsor. Do you know where you're going after you die? If you don't know, consider coming to McGee's. Our easy, affordable, and welcoming plans for you and your post-mortem care are ready. Allow me, as the owner of McGee's Funeral Home, to show you some of the wonderful, local, and non-felon employees that we have working here. This is my son, Craig. He will aid you in your transition in complete style. Uh, yeah, yeah, me and Pops and all the others will make sure, will make sure, fuck, fuck it, God. Oh, God damn. Fuck. Oh. oh, fuck, oh, oh, I landed on my keys, oh. Yeah, but how do you fall over standing still? Uh, uh, my wonderful daughter Connie will introduce you to the many plans and options we have and will help you make the right choice. Here at McGee's, we care and want you to have the best experience possible. 
If there's anything I can personally do to make your experience more memorable, don't hesitate to ask. Okay, that was a little bit thick, right? Reel it in a bit. Children could be listening to this one, sweetie, okay? And here are Harry Osgood and Jay Wentz, two of our amazing earth removal engineers. Earth what the what? I thought we were undertakers. Dude, we're engineers. That's a step up from grave diggers. Is that a fancy term for an indentured servant? Maybe, but who cares? I'm still telling mom I got promoted. Will you two fuck up shut the hell up? That wasn't in the script. Oh. <laughs> Hello, I am Harry, and I will make sure that your digging and burying experience is a pleasurable one. And I am Jay, and I will make sure that your dissections are just perfect. That's dimensions, you halfwit! Craig's handwriting is atrocious. No wonder I fucked up. As you can see, we here at McGee's are the parlor for you. Come see us before and after your plots. And cut. Ugh, great. We can edit all that stupid crap out, right? Sir, that was a live feed. Catch all the crew of McGee's on Fun With Dirt, only on Dark Charm Radio Shows. As they entered the Nexus Eternal, Damon stumbled away from the lamppost dejected by what was happening. We... we killed them all. Carrie was silent. Damon looked back at her. Her face was crestfallen. She slumped down, leaning against the lamppost, and put her hands on her face. Damon walked over to her. We we were supposed to kill them, weren't we? Carrie still remained silent. Will you say something? Carrie moved her hands and looked up at him. What would you like me to say? That our actions, even though justified by our superiors, Condemned Moon Station to oblivion? That when we looked at these defilers, we were filled with such utter hatred, we had no hesitation in termination with extreme prejudice, only to recognize what they truly are. That was your job. Carrie closed her eyes almost instinctively as Clotho walked into the blue light. It didn't help any. It was her job? Your job was to exterminate Horde, but you did so. But what about the people that were there? What about the fact that we destroyed an entire space city? And what about the lost souls who were there? They didn't deserve to die. Can someone clue in the guy that doesn't have telepathy or angelic abilities in this, please? Not only am I confused, but I think this is information that I need to know. Clotho sighed. It was weird to see someone who helped create the fabric of the universe so distressed. Moloch has taken the souls of the dead. The dying world should not be. He has transported them to other places, times, and reality in a way to save them. Most of them devolved into owl-like creatures. Malik once served the master as a prince of the guardians until Lucifer's fall. He had the head of a bull and the wings of an owl. He was beautiful, but in his beauty, that was his downfall. 
So in a twisted way to provide justification to his actions, he has moved these souls in an act to save them? While his motives to the human eye seem to be pure, it has another effect altogether. And it's totally evil. It's not the fault of the defilers themselves. Their mere presence, where they don't belong, eats away at the fabric of the space they occupy, whittling away at humanity as they once were, until they become a husk of their former selves. Monsters totally relying on instinct, decay, and destruction. This is why we must destroy them with extreme prejudice. Their very presence begins to erode the fabric of the prime reality. There's no way to send them back to where they used to live. No, their words no longer exist. Their souls have been funneled away from the Shadowlands and placed where they do not belong. As for the living people you just killed, that was a possible future. Damon, Carrie, there's some things that you'll learn about being Watchmen. The first is that all futures haven't been determined yet. The one based off your timeline can be fixed if the world leaders wish to do so. If the people wish to, it doesn't have to happen like that, but we can fully interfere unless the Horde does. So what you're saying to me is that what we did never mattered? That we just blew away those, those things for nothing? It mattered, Damon. By eliminating those lost souls, you made sure the fabric of our reality survived. Moments like this can turn into a plague and can affect our other timelines, our worlds, and our other realities. It's a way of necessary pruning to make sure the overall plant survives. While I admire your moral code, it needs to be adjusted to do your job. What you haven't been trained to believe is right and wrong, and it has been skewed. But don't you think that the Master could have found a way to save these souls without cursing them to oblivion? Carrie asked, her eyes still closed to do the Clotho's power. That's the kicker, Carrie. He didn't create them. Correct, Damon. These souls were not created by the Master. They were created by the machinations of the demonic powers as a whole. These phantom worlds would never and should never have ever existed. So, to sum this up, there are alternative realities, timelines, and things that could have been approved by the Master, and others that could not. Yes. Clotho answered almost as a matter of fact. Well, I guess there's a learning curve here we're in the middle of, because it's going to take some getting used to. If you'll excuse me, Rafferty has another assignment for you. Trust me, it'll be much simpler than the previous one. Clotho walked back into the void as Rafferty, now in the guise of Jimmy Stewart as George Bailey from It's a Wonderful Life, walked back. A particularly powerful metahuman defiler has laid siege to a shopping mall in a town in 1980s America out in Billings, Montana. My timeline? Yes. He needs to be stopped. He is dressed as a mutated Easter Bunny. He has killed 150 people. A mutated Easter Bunny? Yes. Not only do you need to eliminate him, but the people who have seen him need to forget he even existed. Do, do we have the ability to wipe memories? No. You have to go back in time to the proper moment that this entity entered the world and eliminate him before he enters the mall. Expect some opposition. Lethal force. Only for the mutant. No one else. Guest starring Stacey Atwell as Clotho. 
Time After Time by Cindy Lauper, Sang by Ava Cassidy. Fascination Street by The Cure. Danger Zone by Kenny Loggins. Special Effects by Zapsplat.com. Dark Charm Media Copyright 2022. All rights reserved.